A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a new thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the new thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is new thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And so today we're going to talk about truth. What is truth? That's what you wanted to talk about today. And, and I love it, it when you, ha you have such a, a light topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll see how light it is. You know, it's light for you, but some no, of us it's not like light for today. anybody. That seems like a big thing. But I want to get, make, you know, make sure we make the distinction between capital T, small t, or if there is, in fact, even a capital T. There is a capital T truth. It is not subject to opinion. And it's one of those things that when we get to it, everybody agrees. So there's not a lot of stuff that actually comes in as capital T truth because there are so many things that are true for me. Things that I have seen or experienced or done or come to understand that I describe in a particular way. And that's the truth to me. But I still need to acknowledge that there might be people looking at it from a different perspective who don't see it the same way. So their truth is going to be different. And if I arrogantly say, well, mine is the capital T truth, and you don't know what you're talking about, then we get to have a little religious war. I'm not up for that. Okay. So what's the capital T truth? As far as I'm concerned, there's mm -hmm. only God. Mm -hmm. There is only one. One divine power and presence that shares itself as all of its creation. The one, whether we call it the Big Bang or the God that's described in Genesis or elsewhere in the Bible, in the beginning, there was darkness and void and God. And God said, let there be all this stuff and that stuff came into being. Well, the only thing that existed before that was what we describe as God or the singularity we describe as the Big Bang. So everything that exists is that one expressed in its own way. Doesn't matter what our story is, it always goes back to that. So that, as far as I'm concerned, is capital T truth. Well, you know that gets interpreted a whole lot of different ways down mm -hmm. the line, coming from the traditional churches we were speaking of earlier, there's a capital T truth. I'm not sure that it is a one thing necessarily, as much as an interpretation that inserts itself in every situation to keep things in a certain way, you know, a certain understanding. For example, with behavior is a big deal in a traditional church. So in order that people behave in a certain way or that keep that behavior consistent, then there is maybe a set of rules or, and it's called, this is the truth. The truth of it is, and it's like God, okay? God said this, God would not like this, God would like not like that. And that's where it started falling off for me, you know? Yeah, like, well, who's deciding what God wants? Who's gonna be the middleman, the interpreter, the sales manager yeah. who's, you know, advocating for God? Well. God is an expression of love sharing itself as love through all of creation, except for you, if you don't do what I tell you. 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> What's up with that? Yeah, and I fell into the except for a couple of times. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, a couple of times when you're a teenager, like you fall into the except. Well, everybody, who cares, right? You do crap wrong. Everybody expects that. Mm-hmm. Maybe even your early twenties, okay. But then sometimes you, like I fell into the big bad trap of divorce and became a leper. And you know, that's a whole long story of mine. But, yeah, you used up a whole denomination by doing that. Oh, you kidding me? That you had, life you is had, over. You had to leave. That life is over. You know, you stay here, you're going to, anyway, I don't want to go down that bad story because that's a story for another time, which, you know, is a good one for people. Actually, wait a second. Let me just jump into that and hold the thought or make a note for what you're going to say, because that particular church that you were involved in, that organization that says the truth, which they wanted to be a capital T, is that you are unfit and you are unworthy and you are no good because you've gotten divorced, but you've gone and found other places where you're actually still okay. So maybe that was the lowercase t truth for them, but it's not the big t truth because it doesn't apply. It's not true elsewhere. That means that it's just a local truth. The rub for me with that is absolutely, you're right, but people, that's their world. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just, but they don't see it as this is my world. This is how I think here. It's like this is the whole world. So when you spread your truth as though it is the truth everywhere, people get hurt, mm-hmm. and all of that business. We know how that works, and that is not the way it is. You know, and that's gets to be the small truth. You know, where that's where I start sliding into the idea of the small truth. What you told me, what I was feeling in that situation at that church was not the same everywhere. So therefore, it could not be a capital T truth. Right. But unless I had the audacity to question it and say, hey, sure, like a lot of people don't, Mm -hmm. okay, they stay there and then life gets sucked out of them. You know, now I'd like to think I'm fairly logical. I have a logical approach to a lot of things. And I know how old I was at the time. I was in my early 20s. And I'm thinking, okay, if I am now worthless, useless, damaged, and a lot of other things that were laid on me, and I live an average life, I'm going to live like this? I don't think Mm -hmm. so. I don't think so. So I'm out. I take my chances with the God I know. But... (laughs) <laughs> you know, or even the God I figured, right? I didn't know, but the God that I knew didn't speak like that. But I always, always remember this. This is important for me. Everybody can't make that leap. Everybody can, but everybody doesn't have to. So not everybody does. We are either pulled by passion or pushed by pain into our spiritual growth. And if we are not passionate about finding out more and deepening, about our awareness of the truth of our spiritual nature, we can stay where we are. And unless something uncomfortable comes along and pushes us out, like the people deciding you were a leper because you'd been divorced, people are very comfortable staying where they are. And that's the thing about comfort zones. I can say, stay here in my comfortable zone where I can consider my local truth, my lowercase t truth to be the same as the capital T truth, because in this cozy environment, that's okay. And I can just smugly and confidently think that I've got all the answers as long as I'm not really willing to ask any new questions. I agree. But I think I want to go back a minute, a little Mm -hmm. bit, 
And well, I interrupted you, so you might as no, well. No, no, no. This was good, though, that you did, because you said something that I would like people to hear. And I said that not everybody can, and you said everybody can. I want to say that everybody has permission. You know, it's your right. But not everybody has it what it takes to make the leap. And you talk about an uncomfortable environment. There are a lot of people I left there that were extremely uncomfortable, but then had a guts mm -hmm. to walk out the door. Absolutely. And, you know, and looked at me like I was crazy, like I'm the crazy one. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not sitting here like you. And I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you know. but see, then I had a very high opinion of God. You know, if you tell me, I'm really simple. Like if God loves me, why is God putting something on me that's going to hurt? This makes sense. You know, I give you, this is like a funny example. It's very fundamentalist church. So everything that you do is, you know, God led, God breathed, blah, blah, blah. And so they told me that, you know, God was going to break my spirit by putting me in the mission field. And I'm thinking, that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Okay, first of all, you could take a look at me and know that I don't fit in the mission field, okay? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no slap to anybody, but it's like, you know, what you see, this is it. You think I'm going on the mission field like this? Look, come on. But they told me that there was, you know, all of this was wrong. My mindset is wrong and everything about me is wrong and God is going to fix me and send me on the mission field. And I'm thinking, so I could be like you? Don't think so. Right. Like, first of all, I'm not mad at you, right? You do what you do, and that's fine. I have no, no, you know, argument. I'm not going to say that God is going to whip you up. But why are you messing with me? You know, so it started there. But see, I don't have no sense, right? Because I really, <laughs> I've, I'm out. But not everybody could do that. Yeah. Yeah, and it becomes a question of what is it that you are inspired to take on or to open yourself to? And what are you forced to take on or open yourself to? It is possible for somebody to stand in the middle of the most beautiful lush garden in the world, surrounded by the, the most gorgeous flowers and all of the beautiful sights and sounds and scents and close their eyes so firmly and refuse to look that they won't notice where they are. And it's not that some force is withholding that experience of joy from them. It's that they're free to choose. If they want to, they can stand there with their eyes closed. And if they want to, they can open their eyes and look around. And if they want to, they can look around and then dance through the fields of flowers. We're free to do anything that we want. We can just sit down and take a nap and shut all of it out. And there is no power outside of us that's telling us which is right or which is wrong. Now, I can look at somebody sitting there refusing to look at the flowers and say, well, that certainly seems like a waste, an opportunity that's lost. But I also freely admit that that's my judgment and my, you know, my observation of the situation. That's what I'm bringing from my perspective, because I have an understanding. My empathy says, if this person would open themselves up to the beauty and the grandeur and the glory that's going on around them, there's so much more available. And isn't it sad that they don't want to? But that's absolutely my stuff. Yeah, because, you know, I feel like today my whole thing is pulling you back <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why we make a good team, because you said they don't want to. And 
some people don't feel like they're allowed to. You know, we can't f- skip over that little part. You know, maybe that's just the me, but I understand how people feel like they don't have the right to make a choice. You know, I remember using the term free will one time in church and boy, I got blasted, right? And I thought, they said, you don't have the right to choose. I said, sure you have the right to choose. Well, they would see that as license to sin. I didn't see it that way. I mean, you could make a choice and the consequences are gonna be whatever they are, but you do have the right to make the choice. You may not have control over the consequences, but you got the right to make that choice. That's to me, that's all free will was, but you gotta be okay with saying that, believing it and being okay with it. I completely agree with that. And the notion of sin and being absolved or forgiven for our sins is wonderful when God forgives us for our sins. But if there's a guy who we can go and tell a story to, and then we're gonna like have to you know, pay something in spiritual or financial coin, and then we're gonna be forgiven, that's free will because I know that I can sin and I can get off the hook. I mean, yeah. the second time somebody goes to confession, they got to know that. Oh, I can do this on Saturday night and then do this on Sunday morning. My soul will still be safe by Sunday afternoon, even though I had a great time of debauchery on Saturday night. Okay. It's just a different way of saying free will, isn't it? Yeah. Except I didn't have a, <laughs> I didn't have a confessional or anything to go to like when I was hanging out on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> No, you told God to wait in the car. Yeah. I'll be right back, right? Hold on. And fully believing, expecting that God would be there. But the the other side is my father was in church on Sunday. I knew that I better be there, right? And I can tell you, a couple times I slipped in. I was laying down on the back for you to make sure I was there. (laughs) (laughs) But... My mother says I was the adventurous one, but you know what, because I was going to push it and try it, but that had to do with my perception of God. And I think, doesn't it all start there? You know, what is our perception of God? Maybe that's what I was trying to get to with the T, capital T, like. Yeah. And that's huge as far as I'm concerned, because the other capital T truth, and this is my perspective, is that God is love. And the reason that I've logic myself to that is because I've been involved in some creative processes before where I have really gotten an inspiration and I've shared myself and I've put my soul into the work that I'm doing. And that is such an expression of love. That sharing of self is such a deep expression of love. Since God is sharing itself as its creation, that's what love is. That is the giving that's going on. So God is love. Now, sometimes it shows up as warm, happy, fuzzy love. And sometimes it shows up as tough love. You know, when solar systems crash into each other, it's kind of violent, but that's the process by which more solar systems are created, more stars are come into being. So, you know, not particularly pleasant on a local level, but on a galactic or system-wide level, that's the way it works. So my notion is that there is only God and that God is love and that everything is God's love taking its own specific and particular form. And I can logic through to that. And, you know, people say, well, what about the devil? It's like, well, what about the devil? If there's only God and there's a devil, then the devil had to come from God. So God created the devil. 
for whatever purposes God might have created the devil. But it's not a fair fight because if God created the devil, God can get rid of the devil. If the devil's here, it's because there's a reason for the devil to be here. Yeah. He kind of lost me on that devil thing, you know, because I don't believe it. I mean, it doesn't make sense. I don't believe it either. But if somebody needs a devil, they can have one. They just need to know that the same force that created everything else created that, either for them or against them or through them. Yeah. I'm putting it more. If you need a devil to warn you that doing something bad is bad, then you should have one. Oh, Because otherwise, absolutely. you're not going to be warned that something is bad. So you need a devil? Have a devil. I don't need have one, so I don't have one. But I think it's you creating it, right? You got a devil. You created that. I'll be blaming that on God. Well, there's only God. God. Well, okay. God, didn't create, <laughs> God didn't create a devil through me for somebody else to use. It happens on a personal level. Everybody gets to create their own, even if they're in a group and they're all agreeing that they have one. Right. I'm getting there, okay, with the God creating the devil kind of thing. It's just, it's like not necessary, okay? You. <laughs> I agree. It's, just, it's really simple. You created the freaking devil because you need somebody or something to blame outside of yourself. Grow up. <laughs> Look in the mirror. You did this through a series of decisions, bad information, whatever it is. Nobody's mad at you, but let's get to the point here. That's just kind of how it is, right? I agree. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk some more about truth and capitalization. Okay. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. We were talking about truth. Did I take us off course? Oh, I'm not sure if there's any such thing as a course with the two of us. I did want to give mention to the fact people have asked how they can support the podcast. And there's a donate link that's in the podcast description. And there's another one at bethelight.com, b-the-light.com. As far as off course, we can go looping around in various circles and still get to a destination because this, we're not on a linear trip. We're not setting out from point A with the idea of getting to point B. It's all about the journey. It's all about every step along the way, the next step, the next step, the next step. And that gets into guidance. If I am quiet and I ask the divine to tell me which direction my next step should be, I head in that direction. 
And that's love unfolding. That's good being available to me. And if I'm looking over my shoulder to see the path that I've been on and all the loops and circles and whatever it is that brought me to that step and then realize, oh man, I'm taking a hard left turn here. I was on the wrong path before. And so then we missed the point. No, it was a perfect path every step up until the point that we made the sharp turn. And then it still is the perfect path. Okay. That's interesting because I was having a similar conversation this week about everything happened as it was supposed to. You know, in hindsight, we can see the value of those left turns, right turns, good, bad, or whatever, you know. So, you know, I don't like all the turns, right? I don't, and probably nobody does. But I think when we are equipped with better information, we make less or fewer of those crazy off course tur- turns, you know. They cause us pain that I think sometimes doesn't have to happen. That's true. And we just don't know when it's supposed to happen. Perfect metaphor for that is clothes shopping. So the women in my family, when they go clothes shopping, they tend to go to a bunch of different stores and and try on a bunch of stuff and bring home a bunch of different things and then continue to try it on and look at it and think about it and whatever, and then take back 90% of what it was that they purchased to wind up with the thing that they wanted to begin with. I, on the other hand, tend to go to the store, look at some stuff, try something on, take it home, and that's that. So it would seem that my process is a lot more efficient and a lot more clear than theirs. But it's the process. It's how do we get to that space where we understand what's good for us and what fits us and what's appropriate for us in this particular environment and experience, and not judge the fact that it took three trips to four different stores in order to get it together. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on, you know, it depends on what you want. And I'm not trying to do like this to anybody who, you know, (laughs) anything anybody wants. But, you know, I think of one podcast we were talking about how much of our lives we sleep, right? It's like one third of your life. Mm -hmm. And like you know, once you do the numbers, you put those numbers in a calculator, it really resets things a bit. Because we just absolutely don't even have the time that we think we have. We say life is short. It's shorter than we think in terms of what we have to work with. And for me, I thought early on, I just don't want to spend too much of my time reconfiguring stuff. Who knows? What's that going for you? Yeah, well, it's going well because it makes me think about things. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. Don't think that I... Don't make mistakes. I make a heck of a lot of mistakes, you know, but I try to think about it ahead of time. I'll at least go through the questioning process. Still sometimes make a big mistake, but at least I'm the zigzags. I can't be doing too many of them zigzags, you know, maybe because I'm not 30. I think that way. From what I can tell, you've been a pastor in three different denominations after you got thrown out of the first one. Did I get that right? <laughs> well, I got thrown out a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's fair. <laughs> okay, so I got to figure that there's been some zigging and there's been some zagging and it's okay. I think I'm on career number nine, not job number nine. I'm on career number nine, having started out as an engineer and a zany radio personality. But then there's not a clear path to get from there to where I am now. But I would not be in the position that I am now with the insights and the understandings and the perspective that I have now if it hadn't been for all that stuff. Agreed. I do agree with that. And I was thinking about what you said and 
the thing that I regret, and maybe this is why I'm so sensitive about this, right? With good information, you can make better decisions. I operated in a small, small world, small world, didn't know it was small. And so move from one place to the other in the same world, you get the same crap, mm -hmm. you know, and that's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> oh, no. Well, no, but listen, I asked you one time, you know, what you were doing and you talk about spreading new thought throughout the world. That's handing fairness to the world. That's saying, listen, you don't need to be stuck in this one little spot here. Here's another option. I didn't know I had other options. I just thought it was me being crazy and what's the word? They rebellious and all of that. When it's not, it's fair to give people options, but then you have to come along and encourage them and tell them you have the right to make those different decisions. Yes. And it gets back to the central challenge that we have is that new thought is a teaching of authority and accountability. I can create any experience of life that I choose. Anything that I am seeking, I am free to experience and dive into. And I am accountable for all of the things that I'm creating. If I decide that I want to create myself an experience of whatever, I can't even imagine what it's going to be. Yeah, let's, let, let's make it be, I want to be in a relationship with a fabulously powerful and exotic woman. And there's going to be some stuff when I get into that relationship where being subject to an exotic and powerful woman might be uncomfortable. Well, I can't blame God for that. That's going to be part of my choice of what it is that I'm creating as I go through that. The same thing with our prosperity, the same thing with our health, the same thing with everything that we do. You watch the commercials on TV for somebody who gets acid reflux. You know, says, oh, eat the pepperoni pizza and you get the acid reflux. Well, you should have this particular antacid. It's like, well, how about if you just don't eat the pizza? <laughs> You don't have to solve the problem. You can just skip creating the problem and understand that harmony that's going on, that balance point that we are creating our experience. And so we get to choose what's going to happen for us. And if we insist that I want to do this thing, but to get a different result, that's where we wind up getting into all of the difficulty. And we're trying to blame a force outside of ourselves. Oh, well, it's the pizza that's making me sick. No, it's the fact that you're eating the pizza that's making you sick. Put it down and you don't have to eat it. There are other things that you could eat. Yep, you can, they might not be as much fun for a moment. And you know what? It's like, I think, let me see, Wayne's put something up that triggered a thought when he said, I am enough. Before you get going, there's certain mindsets that are helpful to have that we don't all have. I'm enough, okay? So suppose you start off in a place where you're not enough and you're reaching out for everybody else's opinion and attitude and affirmations from everything outside of yourself. And you come, that could be generational, and it is often. Absolutely. You know, and then you get to a place where now you're in this world and you're saying, okay, well, you can make a choice. You're free to make a choice. Hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah, it seems really daunting to be able to make a choice if the assumption is that I'm not enough. Yeah. If the assumption is that I am not equipped to handle the challenge that I'm up against, and the infinite creative power that creates everything that has created me, that has created this next new experience, creates an experience of me not having it together and not having enough and not being able to accomplish. But that is not the power. That is my use of the power because I believe that I'm not enough. 
Let's take a break. And when we come back, we will do a prayer on truth and guidance and being enough. Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni having a great discussion about truth and all of that. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I was reading some of the comments as we were on the break. And Yes, Carol is married. <laughs> now, how do you know I want to say? <laughs> <be> telling my... <laughs> I wasn't even going with that. Okay, okay. listen, well, 100% true. Come back next week. Don't worry about that. We can talk. <laughs> Wayne said that we have the right to choose our attitude, and he quoted Viktor Frankl. And I think that that's very true. We just have to know that we have and then have the courage and the strength and all of that business to know that we do and make the step to do it. That's my part of stuff. I want to help you know that you can, encourage yeah. you know that you can. We can use practical prayer to help us on that trip to understanding that we, in fact, are enough and to accept the guidance towards what is true for us and to a closer awareness or deeper awareness of what is capital T true, which means that it's true everywhere. So let's take that into prayer today. Let us open ourselves up to that capital T truth. Let us Close our eyes as long as we're not driving a car, doing something dangerous. Turn away from the circumstances and the situations in the world around us. There are objects, there are circumstances, there is evidence that there might be evil in the world. There might be bad things that could happen to us. There might be challenges that are overwhelming, that we may not be adequate to the situation. That's all out there in the world. It's stuff that we have been aware of from time to time. And with our eyes closed, we can turn to the truth that lies within, that divine power and presence, that one love that is everything, that is everyone, that is everywhere. In the beginning, there was darkness and void and God. God was all there was. God still is all there is. And God said, let there be light and shared itself to create the light. And God said, let there be and shared itself to create the other things that came into being. And that unfoldment, that revealing of 
all of the life of all of the energy of all of the matter and substance of everything that exists in this manifest universe is God sharing itself as its creation. So when I say there is only love, it's not something aspirational, something that I hope is true. It is something that based on the creation story and whatever creation story we're using, it's all the same. The Big Bang is that sharing of the singularity, expanding and unfolding and recombining and evolving into the present day form that the universe is taking. And that includes me and everyone who is listening to this prayer. Everything is that divine substance, that one creative source shared on our own particular way. The particles that make us up are unique to us, and yet they are all the same. So knowing that there is only love, I know that everything that exists everywhere can exist anywhere. Everything that's available anywhere can be available everywhere. And that means to me and to each of us. Any notion that I am not enough, any notion that any of us is not enough is simply untrue. We are divine expressions of that infinite creative power, taking our own particular form. So we are fully equipped with everything required for this next moment. We are beyond enough. We are completely sufficient to the moment. We are bright lights of God's love, each of us individually and all of us together, shining and expressing and revealing that divine goodness in our own particular way. And that one infinite mind that knows everything is the mind with which each of us thinks. So each of us has available that guidance, that wisdom, that insight, that awareness, that understanding of the next perfect steps for us to take. That awareness is available. And so I claim it. I claim that guidance for each of us. I claim the courage and the willingness to step forward on a bold new path to bring something new and wonderful into our lives. I claim the partnership with the infinite to allow us to choose the experience that we are seeking and to allow that infinite creative power that creates everything to create it. We are enough. We are divine and perfect expressions of the one. And that good that exists everywhere is an unfolding for each of us and it's happening right now. It's happening right now. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the good that's unfolding. I'm grateful for the willingness of each one to take part in this creative process. And I'm grateful to be able to speak this word of intention and release it into that creative law, the one that has created everything, and to know without any question, doubt, or hesitation whatsoever that it is creating this now. And so I let it be. And so it is. So it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org.